hundredth episode of the Hondo Handy Podcast is brought to you by Buxy Softy Dog and Dry Dock 28. Buxy has been located on the beach for 23 years, and Dry Dock 28 is only five years young. Two destinations in one location. A great place to watch all your sports action. NCAA hoops, hockey, baseball, football, with over 50 TVs and 10 satellites. Great menus serving pizza, burgers, wings, seafood, and award-winning cheesesteak. Soon to be open seven days, but for now, Thursday through Sunday. Bracket busting specials for all NCAA games and great place to host an event with in-house catering on or off location. Call 410-289-0973 or find them on the web at buxes.com. My guest today is Caitlin Benedict. How you doing today? I'm doing hey, good. How are you? Did I pronounce your last name okay? Yes. All right. Well, it's fantastic to have you on. I saw you working at uh, Salisbury, and I said, ah, i got to get her on my podcast. <laughs> I so appreciate happy. you having me on. Yes, I'm so happy for you. Kayla, let me tell my listeners a little bit about you before we get started. Caitlin, a.k.a. Coach B.C.B., is an assistant bas- men's basketball coach at Salisbury University. In her first season with the Seagulls, she has been able to contribute with, with many aspects of the program, including the development workouts, scouting reports, recruitments, and creating content for social media and fan engagement. Prior to joining the staff at Salisbury University, Caitlin spent a year at Holy Innocence Episcopal School in Atlanta, Georgia. There, she was an assistant men's voice, men's voice basketball program coach, and in many facets, where she made a deep run in the playoffs and finished as a Class A private state champion runner-ups. Before she being co- began coaching, Caitlin spent her co- college career at Pensacola Christian College. During her time there, she became a 2X regional champion, national champion runner-up, Second team all regional was a top five in the country for three point percentage and set a school record for made threes in a single season. Congratulations, Caitlin. You have an impressive career so far. Thank you. I appreciate that. Caitlin, tell my listeners a little bit about you, maybe where you grew up and if you played any sports before high school. So I am originally from Panama City Beach, Florida. Um, I love living there. It's awesome to be 200 yards from the beach. Um, (laughs) Sun shining and hot all the time. I love the heat. And before high school, I was a gymnast. I was a gymnast for 12 years, actually, before I even started playing basketball. Wow. Yeah. So, um... When did you start playing basketball, or did you play any other sport, too, when you were young? Um, nope. Gymnastics was the only sport I played until I was a sophomore in high school. Wow. Um, you didn't is... start until you were a high school sophomore? Yeah. So I actually started really late. Um, but my funny story is I had a couple friends that lived down the road from me, and they actually convinced me to try out for the basketball team in 10th grade. It wasn't something I planned. But I'm forever grateful for their peer pressure because <laughs> now I've fallen in love with it. <laughs> Man, that's amazing. 
So what was the name of your high school? Arnold High School. And you played uh, basketball there. Did you play off? No, you played two years or three years? I played three years. Three years. Okay. Do you have any um, favorite sports memory that you like to share, either before high school or during high school? Um, that's a good question. Um, I think my favorite memory so far, like before I started playing basketball, would be my gymnastics team. Um, we were we had to play and compete year round and it was just a very time consuming sport so you developed really strong relationships with your teammates um we would practice in about 24 hours a week and my favorite memories were the ones in the summer where we got to get the lucrative days off and our coaches were originally from california so they were big surfers so whenever there were good waves you knew that was a Saturday we were going to have off from practice and they would take us to the beach and we would get to surf and we would get to paddleboard. So I actually love surfing. I love paddleboarding. Um, but that mostly stemmed from those days where we get to go to the beach and just enjoy each other and have fun and take a break from the strenuous activity and relax and do something different. Well, um, I got to ask you this now. Do you think you'll be paddleboarding or surfing in Ocean City this summer? If it gets warm enough. I'm a kind of chicken when it comes to the cold. So as long as the water warms up enough, I will. It's going to get hot. That's for sure. Um, so after high school, you decided to attend Pensacola Christian College. Um, was that your first choice or were you looking at other colleges? My So I had a couple of options. And not really necessarily for basketball. I had two options for basketball. One was Huntingdon College, which is located in Montgomery, Alabama, and then Pensacola Christian. I knew I wanted to play basketball. So all the other academic schools, I was like, yeah, I'm going to push those to the side until <laughs> I figure out the basketball stuff. So I actually was offered a place to play on both of those programs, and I ended up choosing to play at Pensacola Christian. So while you were there, did you play uh, all four years? Yes, I did. I did. So it was a little rough at first. You know, as a, as a freshman incoming, you never really know what to expect. Always. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. So clearly I hadn't been playing long. So jumping from high school to college already has a learning curve in itself. So I didn't play much my first year, but I had a great group of older teammates that I was able to learn a lot from. Well, I, you know, you're just like any other freshman. When you come in, you, you feel like you're ready to play, and all of a sudden you realize these kids are just as good as I am. Yes. And um, you just got to wait for your turn. Yep. Um, how would you sum up your career? I would say that playing college basketball is honestly some of the best time of my life. I miss it every day. And – it was a struggle. I had a lot of adversity I had to face. Um, my sophomore year, when it ended, I actually had knee surgery. Nothing crazy, just something routine cleanup to try and help the problems that I was having and ended up having a red shirt because the healing recovery time took a lot longer than it should have. And so I didn't play my whole entire junior year. Wow. And then my senior year, 
was the year that I actually got to play a lot. My sophomore year, I earned a travel spot. I earned a roster spot and was able to travel with our team and kind of get spot minutes here and there when they needed. And so my junior year, I was supposed to earn more playing time, but ended up having to take that year off. And so my senior year was really the the one year that I really got to play. And it was the best year that I ever had. Um, again, you read off the accolades. I was the sixth man. Um, I was able to be the third leading scorer, and I did all that coming off the bench. And I was able to be ranked in the country for three-point percentage. I set the single-season record for three-point made in a single season you know I had all those cool individual accolades um I was second team all region and I played on a really good basketball team I played in a really great program had a good coach um he had built something sustaining successful sustaining and we were always competing in the national tournament and my senior year was the year where we felt like okay we're going to win this the year before we had played in the championship game and we lost by 12 so we were coming back Graduated some seniors, but had a really great group still there. And unfortunately, COVID happened and sent us home two games before finishing the tournament. So that's kind of how my career ended. Um, (laughs) We really wanted that ring. We really wanted to cut down the nets and bring home a banner. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. But I feel like overall, my career was a success, not because of all the accolades, but because of the relationships, the adversity that I was able to face and push through. And just the memories that I was able to have through that experience. You you did all that coming off the bench? Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. I uh, who was your coach? His name is Jared Sellers. Okay. Um yes, he he uh he, you were the microwave coming off that bench. <laughs> that was wow. the uh that was the goal. You know, you <laughs> always have to kind of balance how you're going to sub. And that was a humiliating, I mean, a humility that I had to learn how to embrace. And I had the ability to learn how to embrace that through my year off and through not playing and accepting that bench role and accepting being an energy giver, not an energy taker. And so he actually approached me my senior year and was like, hey, I think you will fit best in the six-man role. And so I said, okay, coach, literally whatever you need to win, I just want to play. Like, I'm just hungry to play because I just sat a whole entire year and I wasn't able to even touch the court. And so um, he approached me with that and I was like, look, whatever you, you want me to do, I'm cool with doing as long as I can come here and contribute and be able to be around the game. So, Well, you're an outstanding uh, shooter, that's for sure. I saw some of those videos uh, on the on the internet and the you didn't, you didn't miss very many. <laughs> Appreciate that. It comes from a lot of hours in the gym. <laughs> I can see. Uh, what was your, uh, what year did you, you know, graduate? Graduated spring of 2020. Uh, what was your degree in? I got my bachelor's degree. It's a bachelor's of science and I got it in sports management. I understand right now you're uh, working towards your master's. Yes, I am. I am about to finish my first year, and I'm getting my master's degree in health and human performance with an emphasis in strength and conditioning. Um, what made you choose uh, that uh, focus in, for your major? For my master's degree? Yes. Um, my goal is to realize that being a woman on the men's side, it's still 
there's not a lot of opportunity for. It's growing, it's increasing, but I have to be realistic and try and understand what is my future going to look like in terms of job and earning money. So if I go to a smaller school, there's an opportunity where basketball won't provide me a full-time salary. So my goal was I want to get my master's with an emphasis in training and conditioning because I can part-time my job, which is coaching basketball with strength and conditioning and be able to create a full-time position. So that was my thought. And that's why I have pursued that degree, pursued that concentration. Um, and it is also something that I've loved about athletics. My sophomore year in college, I actually got my personal training license through the NASM. Um, I've been able to, to kind of carry that, doing strength and conditioning, building programs for people, um, doing the personal training at the gym, all kinds of stuff like that. And then also, you know, having knee surgery and going through the recovery process and having to have return to play programs implemented for me through my strength and conditioning coaches and athletic trainers and all of that. I kind of found a love and a passion for it to help athletes develop in a way that'll help them prevent injury or reduce their risk of injury. So that's kind of why I've gone that way with my master's. Um, and that's how I look to implement it in my future. I mean, that's very important, and that's a smart move on your part. Thank you. Um, what were some of the things you did while you were in college? Were you involved with the Flicker Community College while you were in uh, center, while you were in college? Yep. So the Flicker Resource Center is actually a uh, a community center in the inner city of Pensacola. Um, I knew that I wanted to coach. And there is a NBA player by the name of Reggie Evans that is a Pensacola native. And he had a AAU program called Team Evans. And so they actually played at a tournament that was hosted at my high school the summer after my freshman year in college. And I saw them and I was like, dang, I really like what they're doing. Um, I think I can learn a lot from them. They're from Pensacola. And so I reached out to the person that actually runs that program and said, like, this is what I'm trying to do. This is how I'm trying to learn and grow and develop. This is what my vision is for my future. I would love to get involved with whoever does your player development stuff for your program. And so that person actually goes by the name of Coach Avery Mosley. He lives in Pensacola, from Pensacola, and he trains and coaches kids down at the Fricker Center. So I went down there and talked with him and Long story short, uh, I ended up spending three years down there in the community center, and he taught me how to train kids. He taught me how to evaluate, how to look at things a certain way as a coach, how to carry myself. He, and then I also had the ability to train with him. So not only did I get to serve him by helping him with younger kids and the training process and getting that prepared because he works a full-time job and was always run from that to the, to the center. So I had the ability to help serve him. And then he also helped me grow and develop my game, which is honestly why I was able to earn all of that, those accomplishments at the end of, of, end of my career, um, wow. solely in part from him. So he, he really helped me develop my coaching ability and my game. And now I, he's like a father figure to me. We talk regularly and he's always giving me advice. He's very hard on me, but I know it's all out of love. And so that's kind of what I did. I love giving back. That's something that's a passion of mine. I do it for the kids. I coach for the kids. And so to be able to provide an opportunity for those that don't really have a head start in life 
um, was a blessing for me. And I actually worked there for all three years. I was a paid employee. And so I got to serve in the after school program and help tutor kids before I actually went to train the student athletes that came in for basketball. Well, so you got a, you, you were a mentor to a lot of under, underprivileged kids. Yeah, I am. I still keep up with some of them to this day, and it's cool to see them grow. Wow. So after you uh, graduated from college, um, where did you go next? I made my way to Atlanta. Um, that wasn't my plan. My plan was actually I had kind of set up an opportunity to be a graduate assistant at Georgia State for their strength and conditioning coach who actually ran basketball. And because of COVID, I graduated in the midst of COVID. All the money for graduate assistants kind of went out the window. So that took that opportunity away, which is okay. God always has a plan for everything. And I worked for Nike Grassroots Basketball Camp. There's a um, a company up in Atlanta called Elite Hoops Basketball. They uh, do all the Nike summer camps. So I went back for a second summer and I worked for them. And I did a lot of networking and Zoom meetings and all kinds of stuff. And I ended up meeting a coach who offered me a, a varsity assistant coaching position. Also was an assistant on the seventh grade middle school basketball team at Holy Innocence Episcopal School. Um, it's located in Sandy Springs, Georgia, just right outside Atlanta City. Um, and that was an awesome experience for me. I got to actually work with, um, he's my pal. His name's Larry O'Bannon. He actually played at Louisville, played yes. overseas for a long time. So he was on our coaching staff. Um, the head coach at the time was Mario Mays. He's currently still there. Um, he was able to coach people like Jalen Brown and some NBA players. He was assistant at Wheeler for a long time and, So I got to work underneath a lot of knowledgeable people. And we actually got to go to the state championship game, which is awesome. I was sitting there like, wow, my first year in coaching and I'm going to the States (laughs) and all kinds of stuff. And we were up eight with a minute and a half left to go and ended up losing the lead and losing at the buzzer. So that was an experience in itself. But it was an awesome time. Yes. It was a heartbreaker. Yes. Still to Um, this day. Yes. Tell me about your uh, um, assistant coaching position at Arnold. So in the summers, when I would go home or even at Christmas, we always got a long Christmas in college. Right. And I would go home and the men's coach was actually somebody who helped really develop me and helped me to earn the opportunity to play college basketball. So when I would go home, I would actually – go and be a part of his staff. Um, I try nice. to always serve him when I go home. He did a lot for me. Um, still one of my close friends to this day, but he allowed me to be a part of his assist, uh, part of his coaching staff as an assistant. And so I was able to sit on the bench and, and do a lot of player development with his guys, come home and just serve that program. So that's kind of what I did there. It gave me a little bit of experience on what it's like to, when the lights turn on, what that means as a coach. So I got that practical experience, and it was a good getting my feet wet opportunity. What an outstanding career already. Um, explain to me what the 459 is. So 459 is actually my podcast. We call it Area Code 459. Okay. 
that same coach I was just telling you about, that was the head coach at Arnold High School on the men's side. Um, he is he's somebody that I started that with, and four five nine was actually a hashtag that he used in his program. And four five nine, when you look at your phone keypad, it it uh re- represents the letters I L Y, meaning I love you. So it's kind of hard to go around your high school telling everybody that you love them. So instead, <laughs> he made bands that say hashtag I-L-Y. And it said like Marlin basketball on it. And so the guys in his program knew what that meant. And they knew that they were cared for. So when we did it, when we created our podcast, we always, we're both sports fanatics. Like he loved everything. He's from Indiana. So, you know, basketball, football, all of Oh, that. yes. And and so I grew up playing sports and everything. And we wanted our podcast not to just be about athletics, but we wanted to kind of incorporate who we are. And so we said area code 459 because in sports, everybody always says I'm putting on four and then whatever the area code is in the place where they live. And so it means 459 means I love you. So we wanted people to say, like, I'm putting on for 459, meaning I'm going to live every day in love and embrace people in love so then that love that we embody and embrace and share is not like a romantic love but it's a love meaning i care about your well-being and through that through me caring about you and caring about your well-being and how you're doing and wanting you to be successful that is going to create this culture of growth this culture of i'm going to help you expand your comfort zone and so that was kind of where our our podcast stem from and we are able to use it to educate we're able to use it to inspire we're able to use it to empower um and all of that so that's kind of what 459 means it just means I love you and not in a romantic sense but just in a way of like I care about you and I want to see you succeed and so your podcast is still up and running right now um we are actually on a year break Okay. Uh, I've got been going through a little bit of health issues, and then with my transition up here to Maryland, we kind of had to put it on hold. But we're planning on getting it started back up. I'm not sure when, maybe this summer, or maybe in the fall. But we do plan to continue it. We just had a couple roadblocks and some adversity, but um, we're excited and we're we're ready to get it going again. All right. Now we're going to talk about SU. Um, well, congratulations on being a being named an assistant basketball coach for Salisbury University. Um, how has your transition been from, I guess, from high school to men's college basketball been? Honestly, you might call me crazy for saying this, but I don't think the transition has really been that difficult, only because just because these people are, instead of being 14 to 18, they're not 18 to 22, but they're yeah. still people. You know, it's all about developing relationships. The main transition has just been how does Coach Mo want things done? I have to go from the coach that I left to now the coach that I'm working for and figuring out how he wants things done. Um, And then obviously the biggest difference is the recruiting piece. So having to learn that and figure out how, what Mo needs, what, what he wants in players, what he looks for, and figure out how I can be myself within that and, and find the players that he needs. So the basketball aspect, it's more so like what college basketball entails, which is recruiting. Um, It's a little bit more intensive with scouting, 
Um, it's a little bit more intensive with preparation. And then obviously at the division three level, you have the, the rules and everything and when you can be hands-on with your players. And so the main transition was just trying to get to know the guys why they weren't here because we don't have them in the summer. Trying to build relationships, trying to establish, trying to learn them. Um, but at the end of the day, like coaching is all about building relationships. So um, that piece I don't think was as difficult as it was just just learning and trying to juggle being a student and being assistant coach. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess it wouldn't be as, as, as hard as I was thinking it would be because they're just a, a few years di- different in age. Yeah. Uh, for the, for the players anyway. Right. So, so what has been the hardest thing for you, um, to comprehend, I guess, about, um, recruiting, uh, what's new for you? I think I'm not from here. I've never lived in the North. Like I'm from Florida and then I moved to Atlanta and I was in Atlanta for two years. So I really got to know that area, but I'm not from Maryland. I'm not from Virginia. I'm not from Pennsylvania. So just trying to figure out where I need to go, who I need to talk to, what I need to do, how do I get there? You know? And that was, that has been the biggest challenge is to be honest with you. I didn't really do a great job my first year. There was a lot I didn't know a lot that I needed to learn, a lot to figure out, a lot to know how to balance. Um, and I feel like I'm way, I'm way more well-equipped to going into my second summer here when it comes to recruiting and understanding and figuring what it, what I need to do. Um, and knowing how Mo wants things then too, because that's always a learning curve as well. Like I can't sit here and do it my way. I have to do it his way, but how and but how it shows up in my own personality if that makes sense so oh, yeah. that was well, been the main challenge is just figuring out where to go and what to do how to do it well it's, it's, it's a process so you you know like you said you're you're learning things uh after your first year and, and getting uh getting more used to it for the second yes. year yeah uh, um how did you think your season went i thought it I, you know i thought it went pretty good yeah i don't really I'm trying to get away from classifying things as good and bad, but I feel with the amount of adversity that we faced this season through injury, through COVID, through just crazy illnesses, sickness, all kinds of stuff, I feel like we had a lot of learning experience, a lot of growth moments, a lot of, it it really pulled our team together. And I think it's created a solid foundation for us to be able to build on for next season. Because at the end of the day, we're graduating four seniors. So we have the majority of our group returning. And now they understand, like, okay, we have consistency with our coach. We know exactly what to expect. We know what he wants. Now we just have to execute it. And it's been really cool this offseason compared to last to see how many guys are in the gym, to see that they're understanding how to work our way, our Salisbury way, the Seagull way. And our guys are really a family. And this team brought them – this season brought them even closer together. Not only, like, the players, but even the coaching staff and the coaching staff with the players. And I think that without this season, you know, winning is awesome. But, again, like, losing – we lost 10 games, I want to say, by three points on average. Mm. Oh, boy. And we played seven – or eight teams that all made it to the NCAA tournament. 
if not past mm. the first round. So we faced a lot of great teams, and we were right there. And I think our guys finally understand, like, we are a great basketball team. Now we just have to put it all together. Well, I know Coach Mo is a, a great coach, and he's um, he likes the family atmosphere, and I'm sure you guys are going to get it done. I'm confident in them. Um, Caitlin, tell me how coaching or sports has impacted your life. I think the main thing is the relationship piece. I don't know everything. I'm 24. You know, I've been every age before that before, but I've never been older than 24. So just being able to build relationships with people that have been where I'm trying to go and have the ability to share wisdom and experience with me. I think that's one thing I love about working for Coach Mo is he takes time out of his day, out of his week, to invest into me, to share things that he's been through. He doesn't expect me to be a replica of him, but he does give me information that helps me to continue to grow and step out of my comfort zone. And I think that's the biggest thing that sports has given me, whether it's coaching or whether it's playing, is I always have an opportunity to grow. I'm always going to be put in a position to be uncomfortable. But com uncomfortability always leads to growth. And that's the ultimate um, – that's the ultimate – what am I trying to say? Like goal in life is to, to just become better than you were yesterday. I don't have to be perfect. That's not – that's not the end product, but I just want to be better, right. you know? And so that's what sports has taught me. And it's taught me how to love others in the face. And when you're facing adversity, how to serve others when things aren't going your way, how to be a leader, how to leadership in a way of doing things that are worth following, you know, trying to be an example, trying to give back, like people give back to me. So now it's my turn to turn around and do the same for those that are underneath me or younger than me. And so, or even serving those that have given to me. And so that's what I've learned through sports. And I feel like that's changed my life. And I would never want to not be an athlete. Caitlin, what do you think, um, uh, what kind of effect do you think you might have had on some of your players, in, even in high school? I think the biggest thing, and I always say this, I believe my superpower is love, loving people. Um, and I think that's the biggest impact that I have on my team, my players, the people that are underneath me, the kids in the community center is, I just love them. And I show that. And I show that through service. And I show that through spending time with them. And I think the biggest piece that goes missing a lot of times is that trust piece. But again, we always hear the saying is, people don't, know, don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think that comes through, through love. And I've seen, I'll tell you this story. When I was working at the Fricker Center, there is a second grader who had to repeat second grade. And every day they would get off the bus, we would go outside, let them run their energy out for a little bit and bring them back in and do homework. And every day he would cry because he would be so frustrated that he couldn't understand what he was learning. And for one whole year, I watched him do that and do that, and do that every day to the point where he had to repeat second grade because he was just so frustrated he would shut down. Mm. And I would sit there every day and just try to be patient with him, like, hey, like, you got this. It's okay. Go take a walk. Come back, and we'll start over. And the second year when he was repeating second grade, it was closer to the end of the year, and he was going to pass, and he was going to 
moved to the third grade, he sat me down. He just asked, like, Coach K, I want to stay inside for a little bit. I just want to talk to you. I said, all right. And so he's, we have all of these number charts along the wall. And it has a bunch of information, just what I, random classroom stuff, you know, that teachers put in the wall. Right. And he starts going through all of the math problems. He's like, I can tell you all the answers to those. And so he does. And then there was a poster on the wall that had all the coins. He's like, I can tell you what every coin is and all the values of all the coins, which are all things he struggled with last year. Now that he's, um, <laughs> and now he's excited to know the answers and everything and to share. And so I looked at him and I said, I want you to know that nobody can ever take away your knowledge. And he looked at me like with a puzzling expression. He's like, well, coach, what do you mean? And I said, sometimes people pass away and sometimes people can steal your money. And sometimes your house might burn down. Like crazy things happen in life. And so I said, sometimes those things right in front of you can go away, but what is two plus two? And he said four. And I said, well, can somebody ever tell you that two plus two does not equal four? He said, no. And he looked at me and he understood what I was saying. <laughs> and he was always so excited to come in and learn after that. And uh, so I feel like that is the reason why I do it. And that's the impact that I have is to show people that whatever somebody says about you, it doesn't have to be true. You just have to believe that you're capable and that you can do it. And he was, a, he was, supposed to be a third grader but he was still in second grade so he was probably like you know 10 or so and to see him understand that and to get it and to be excited to go from crying every day to be excited about coming in and learning like now this kid is set up for the future because he believes he is smart enough to do it and that's all that I want to to share what a great story wow Caitlin, I don't know if you've already asked this, but um, my next question was going to be, um, what would you say you like most about coaching? But I think, you, unless you had something else to add. No, I just love the relationships. I love my guys. Um, I'm close enough in age to these to the college guys that um, I don't want to say they're brothers, but they are my family. Um, and then my high school kids. I always call them my sons, even though I'm not old enough to be their mom. But they look up to me that way, and that's just meaningful to me. And to be able to FaceTime with them and still have an impact, they still call me even now that they're in college and asking me how I'm doing. Am I going to be in Atlanta? Can we hang out? Like, can we catch up when you come home? Let's stop by the school, all this stuff. Just to know that I'm still making an impact in their life, even though I'm not around them anymore, is, is just something that, like, that's why I do it. You know, that gives me enough gratification and satisfaction for a lifetime. I'll never want anything more than that. Perfect. Um, Caitlin, I know you've worked with a lot of kids, but what would you tell a kid about following their dreams? I say never give up. Never give up. I was a gymnast for 12 years. I was supposed to go to college. I quit, and I picked up basketball, and nobody ever believed that I could play college basketball but myself. Nobody, not even the head coach, the head men's coach that I was telling you that helped prepare me and give me the opportunity to, to get better. Um, he just knew that I was passionate and, and just wanted to provide for me. Um, but, and then same with becoming a, a coach on the men's side. I had so many coaches over a two year span that told me it wasn't possible. <laughs> told me that was going to be very hard. Tell me that 
I just needed to coach women and then try and transfer over when I was older and had more experience, all mm. this stuff. And that would be my, my one thing is don't, don't allow people to place their expectations on, on you because what they believe they can't do, they're also going to put that on you too. And so just continue to believe in yourself and then work hard. You know, God, my faith is huge in my life. And I believe God gives us small things to plant them because they're seeds. And you don't get an apple from a seed unless you plant it and you um, water it and you take care of it and you grow it until it becomes a fruit and then becomes nourishable to somebody else's life. So, um, yeah, that's what I would have to say. Well, that was a great answer. Um, Caitlin, I'm a big proponent of uh, good sportsmanship. Um, and I know you work with youth sports. So what would you say, even adult, even college, um, what would you say, um, <clears throat> what role do you, would you say good sportsmanship plays in youth sports? I think it plays a huge role. You know, first impressions are everything. And sportsmanship is about grace and it's about mercy and it's about acknowledging somebody else's accomplishment in the midst of your own failure, you know, and it's about cheering somebody else on. It's about something greater than yourself. And if we can instill those lessons, we can instill those traits in our kids and the youth then the world's going to be a lot better place because now they understand that no matter what goes on in my life, like I still have to care about those around me and they're just as valuable as me. And even though I'm not earning what I feel I should be at the moment, I can still celebrate the accomplishments of others. You're right. The value of sportsmanship is very, very important. Caitlin, do you have any hobbies? Uh, are you a golfer? No, I'm not. I'm horrible at golf. But I will tell you this. I'm really good at putt-putt. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I have to challenge you sometime. Um, um, are you? Uh, do you have anything else you would like to add? Um, my only thing I would share is my motto is don't discount your value. And what that means is this is a crazy uh, reference, but if you go to Louis Vuitton and you ask them for a discount, they're going to look at you crazy. But you're not paying for the shirt. You're paying for the name on the shirt. And it's the same thing about yourself. Everyone is valuable. Everyone should know their worth and value. And you should never let somebody else discount you or tell you what you're worth. Because the Lord made you. He made you unique. He made you one of a kind. If you don't understand that, then look at your own fingers. You are the only person that will ever walk on this planet, the only person that will ever come before, after, and even now that will have your marks on your hands. And so you're the only one that can leave your print on the world. So that's what I would say, and that's what I would leave people with. Well, on that note, Caitlin, I think I'll bring our podcast to an end. If you would hold on for a few seconds and give my sponsor another plug. The 100th episode of the Hondo Handies podcast has been brought to you by Buxy Salty Dog and Dry Dot 28. Buxy has been located at the beach for over 23 years, and Dry Dock 28 is only five years young. 
two destinations in one place. A great place to catch all the sports action, NCAA hoops, hockey, baseball, football, with over 50 TVs and 10 satellites. Great menus serving pizza, burgers, wings, seafood, and their award-winning cheesesteaks. Soon to be open seven days, but for now, Thursday through Sunday. Bracket-busting specials for all NCAA games and a great place to host an event with in-house catering on and off locations. Call 410-289-0973 or find them on the web at buxes.com. My guest today has been Caitlin Benedict. Caitlin, remember, if you think you can, you can. Thank you so much. Stay safe and keep smiling. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.